pretty much given you an introduction to Reverend Jenny Roberts during the offering. I was just trying to save as much time, but really, this is one of God's treasured servants, and it's just a joy and a privilege for us as a church to sow into her and, and give her a little reprieve. Africa can be pretty hard, uh, you know, like we're driving on the road, and she goes, uh, y'all really keep your roads well around here, don't you? <laughs> And so would you just give Faith Life, could you from Faith Life Church give Reverend Jenny Roberts a warm welcome as she comes to minister this morning? Thanks, Jen. Praise the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Well, Jane has um, actually preached my message, so <laughs> I could sit down. You know, you can't live in the same house and not have the same mind. <laughs> but surely God is good. He's really good. And uh, what he has done over there is an amazing, amazing grace. And that's really what it is. It's been a challenge. For three years, it's been a challenge. And uh, Africa was hit pretty hard, like every other place in the world. And so uh, our church was actually closed down for seven months, seven months, no church. And you know, it's easy here, you have a lot online because everybody's got Wi-Fi over there. They don't know what Wi-Fi is. So uh, there was no connection. The best we could do was visit them. And, and you know, then it was like mass and don't come in and we'll see you at the door. And everybody was not sure. There was a fear that had hit the nation. We weren't sure what was going to happen. So in that uh, seven months, we lost 50% of our um, people. And so after when the church has finally opened up, it has taken time now to um, bring them back in. And not all of them come in, some new ones have come. So we're only up uh, 50% on what we were when we closed. But we keep visiting them. They haven't gone to other churches, they're just at home. They've just decided Sunday's a good day to sleep in. So uh, it's, uh, you know, for you, of course, it was easy because you had online, but we didn't have that. So the church is... Um, uh, growing and uh, uh, in that three in that time that we've had one thing that did grow was the presence of God and uh, we're on a much higher scale now in the presence of God and praise and worship before it was like come on people let's get praising God but now it's like bang and we're there so it, it makes a difference and I think it's because there was much prayer going on during that three years and that duration of uh, COVID and so you know, there's still a little bit of it around, but it's more like a um, just a, a, a bit of flu now. It's not as bad as it was. I was hit with COVID myself at one point, uh, as unto death. They decided that was the end of me. But, uh, you know, God's goodness. They put me in isolation. I can tell you isolation would kill you quicker than COVID. And uh, this was a little room that had no window and only a door, and your meals are pushed through to you, and nobody can see you, and you can't see anybody. That's enough to kill anybody. Because we're designed to fellowship, you know? We're designed to love and be loved and designed to make contact with people and people to touch and, and to be one with other people. So it was a, it was a strenuous time, you know? And it was a time where I, my oxygen levels had dropped completely and I was just on the brink. In fact, the doctor said she won't last know more than a day so that was encouraging so I thought well I better start praying so I began to you know I had enough energy just to text but there was no tv there was no wi-fi there was no nothing but I could text but it took me you know just help pray that was about the message I could get out but I had a good team around the world and also you people I know were praying and I was um, having a good team in the church praying I, my staff were all praying and 
God brought me through. In the end, I booked myself out. I said, I've got to get out of here. So uh, I was went home and recouped at home for some time. It took actually one and a half years for me to get back in the pulpit, one and a half years to have enough oxygen to talk to you like this today. I couldn't walk very far, but at least I was home. I had everything I needed. I had my own nurse. I had an oxygen bottle. I had the mask. I had all of it. It was there. And so slowly, slowly, I came through a lot quicker than I could in a hospital because there were people. There was people around, and people bring love. People bring connection, which helps you to grow up and to make you feel well. So that was our COVID days of church, but church is going on strong now. Of course, the medical centre now is... um, uh, it went through a rough time at that time of COVID, but it's uh, growing now, and uh, we have we're now building a, a new wing to help combat the 600 odd HIV patients that we have that we have to care for. So we um, are building that building right now, and also to help us have a a, um, um, a theatre for small operations, um, cesareans, and also some other small operations that will go on there although cesarean's not so small, but it's common there. Um, Our schools are going very well, and uh, we were able to, uh, although they were closed for nine months, by the time the exams came on, the kids did very well. We topped the zone in all our marks, and uh, we were uh, number 10 out of 700 schools in the county. So uh, that was good. We were happy with that result. So praise the Lord. Our special needs kids, we have the four classes and then we try to push as many as we can through to the vocational because these are normal kids. They're just trapped in something that doesn't function well. So we work very hard with the special needs kids to see if they can get some sort of uh, workplace, some some employment somewhere, even enough to give them some pocket money. And uh, so we, we employ them also in our own ministry and uh, we try to get them into a place where they'll be loved and cared for and can earn some money. So that's an ongoing thing. Of course, in the vocation, there's welding, woodwork, sewing, and computer, which houses a lot of students being worked on all the time. Just training up the kids to be able to go and earn a living without roaming the streets, becoming beggars or thieves. And so that's important to us, to make sure everybody has a chance in life. Amen? Because we all should have a chance in life. Amen. And, of course, our prison schools are going very well. I I did the graduation on your prison just recently. It was uh, good, but now that's been publicly announced, I'm going to announce it when I go back, that uh, uh, Pastor Jane and Jeff will be coming over uh, next year and they will be doing the graduation in that particular prison when they come, along with other prisons and along with other things. You know, they say that when you go to Disciples of Mercy, they work you till you jump on the plane. Well, what did, what did you come for? What, what really did you come for, you know? So, yeah, you came to do a job. So we, we um, will make sure that we keep them busy with a little bit of R&R in between. So like Jane said, we have 105 staff on the payroll and we have a very good relationship with all of them. I don't have any strife, no divisions. I don't allow it. It wouldn't be possible. <laughs> And uh, so that way we, we have a, a, an ongoing ministry that's moving, you know. Strife and division can kill a ministry in a flash. It can kill any, any business or any ministry in a flash. So I meet with the heads of department once a week and we talk about what was and what's going to be and then we thrash it out and every department sits there and hears what the other department's doing because you're a team, so you have to know what's going on together. And that's what we do. So in all in all, it has been the goodness of God and nothing but the goodness of God that has brought me to this place. God's grace and his goodness is amazing. 
And that's what I wanted to share with you today was a little bit about his goodness because without his goodness, we're not going to go very far. But God is really good, you know, and God is the original definition of good. He is good in and of himself. He is good. And uh, sometimes we say God is good and we sing about it, we talk about it. But uh, do we really believe he's good for ourselves? You know, when I was in the hospital dying, I, or they said I was dying, I was pushing for life, but, uh, you know, I had to know he was good. I had to know that that good God dwelled on the inside of me and that I could draw from the goodness of God in his healing power to bring me through to that situation. And uh, so even though I couldn't get it out because of the oxygen level, but I could call it from here... And I kept praying within, 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 till I could whisper, just a whisper. You know, normally at home you'd be shouting for the goodness, but I couldn't get it out. I didn't have that sort of oxygen. So I was able to bring it from here. Even that, in the goodness of God, he was able to raise me up enough to get out of that place, even in a wheelchair. But I got out. I didn't stay in there. And, uh, you know, when I said to him, I'm going, whether you uh, release me or you don't, I have money to pay. You know, once I got into the hospital, they said, oh, no, we don't cover COVID. Well, too bad I was in there. Now, what do you do? I'm on my deathbed. Uh, so I, I made a, a phone call, and uh, not a phone call, I, I texted uh, somebody here, and I know Jane helped, and we were able to get some money together so that they would admit me. People were dying in the waiting room because lack of oxygen. And, uh, I mean, all I could do was go... <coughs> that's about all I could get out at that point in time, you know. So, yeah, with the encouragement of the doctors that you wouldn't last long, you had to fight for it. You have to fight. But the goodness of God doesn't leave you. It stays with you forever. But you have to know he's good for you. You know, when we were sleeping on the floor, I had to know God was good for us. To bring us to where we are today, it had to be the goodness of God. It was nothing else because we had no support. We only had a few girlfriends who would send me some money. In those days, money used to take a long time in an envelope to get there, three weeks to get there, and then you hope that they didn't open it in the post office and take it out. So uh, it was a struggle from beginning to end. But the goodness never leaves you because that is God. That is who he is in himself. Good is a moral virtue. It is thorough. I like that word. God is thorough. If he's going to call you to do something, he thoroughly makes sure that everything has gone before you to walk in, even your life when they say you can't live. His righteousness endures forever. You are the righteousness of God. You have a right to call on that goodness. God, you're good, and I want you to be good to me over this situation. I'm calling on your goodness for this, Lord. And another word that describes good is well. I like that. Everything is well. How are you? I'm well. It's good to be well. Spirit, soul, body, financial and social, to be well makes a big difference than to be poor. So, But we have to know it is for us. It's not just for somebody else. I remember when I first got saved, I used to think God was good to everybody else, but he'd never be good to me. And I used to see the goodness of God happening in other people's lives. And I used to think, how did they get it? I went to Ramah. And, uh, you know, in those days, we used to say, oh, it's the word, I use the word. You see the word, the word, the word. And I thought this was a magic word that they have in Ramah. If you can find that word and you use it, everything's going to be good. I didn't know. It's because I was not a, I'm not a Christian. I'm sort of straight out of the streets and into, out of the nightclub and into the church, you know. So I didn't know. 
So I would sit sometimes in the, uh, the coffee shop close to these people who knew the word, and I think, now I'll learn what the word is, then I'll use the word to find out it was his word <laughs> and that we would have to use his word. But I thought it was like a magic thing that you use. Oh, I just spoke the word. Well, which word, you know? <laughs> so uh, I, I, I learned the hard way by trying to listen to other people's conversations. But uh, his goodness is in his word. Whatever he says in his word, that is for you. The promises are yes and amen. And <clears throat> when, when God calls you out into a place like that, and remember, I went out there with two kids and $200, so you, know, you have to know his goodness, and you have to know it for yourself. And like when the children said, Mum, have you missed God this time? You had to know the goodness of God because, you know, there wasn't much there, just a few mattresses and not much else. One pot, three plates and three spoons. Well, I, you've got to know that God is good. Last time I was here, I was talking to you about how I trusted God for a bus. And uh, it was a big step, you know, a big step to, to God, you know, and... But anyway, one night I woke. Uh, one morning I woke up and I just felt, well, I think we'll buy another bus. That's how simple it is. Once you know the goodness of God, you can prove to yourself even how he can do it again. The more you know his goodness, the more faith you'll use to expand your, your belief. Amen? So I just went to work that day and I just said to my two, I said, I just said, just ring up Izuzu and tell them we'll take another bus. It was just that simple because the goodness helps your faith to grow. But the first one is like, oh, it's going to work. How is it going to work out? But the second one was just so easy. So he said, order another bus. I said, yes. Because he handles the finances. I don't, you know. So I just handle faith. So I just said, yeah, just order another bus. So that's how easy it is because I saw the goodness of God for the first bus and it was paid but for the second one it was just easier because I knew that I had a good God amen so we have to believe and we have to believe what the word says for the goodness of God to work in our lives he's good and you have to tell yourself over and over he's good and he's good to me not just good to somebody else you see prospering because prosperity in every year of our life is for all of us it's not just for one person and it's not just for the pastors, it's for all of us to take hold of and have for ourselves and enjoy. David said in Psalms 119.68, he said, Thou art good, and doest good, teach me thy statutes. Yeah, we need to say to God, teach me, God, teach me. And he'll teach you how good he is. He'll show you how good he is. He's always willing to show his goodness to anybody who requires it. Amen, and we deserve it. His character and actions are good, and his character is demonstrated by his actions. So there's a little bit of faith involved here. We're going to have to trust him by stepping out on the water sometimes to see the goodness of God, just to say, God is good, God is good, God is good. That's not going to be enough for us. You've got to take a step of faith, knowing that God is good, and what he says he's going to be able to do. The goodness of God always works with faith. So as you take a step of faith, you see that goodness happening. You know, so we went from a mattress to a bed. So that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, the goodness of God. So that even David said, teach me those statutes. So we need to say, God, just teach me the way. 
So his character and actions are so good. His actions are actions of kindness. Goodness and kindness always go together. Mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning you can wake up and say, Lord, your mercy is new today. No matter what we did yesterday that wasn't in line with the word of God, Father, forgive me, but your mercies are new. Your goodness for me today is new. I can have the goodness of God today, no matter what it looks like, what we've done, where we've come from, no matter where we are in our walk, we're all on different levels. And wherever you are, God will meet you at that point and show you his goodness because he's a good God. Steadfast love. That's the goodness of God to show you his love that no matter what, he loves you. No matter what you've done, where you've been, how it's been, he loves you. You know, when I was first saved, I suffered terrible rejection. And so I used to plaster this scripture, Ephesians 1.6, that I'm um, accepted in the beloved. Because, you know, the world had been nasty to me. So I didn't feel that love. So I didn't feel love. So when I used to read God loves you, I thought, oh, yeah. And people say, oh, God loves you, the love of the Lord. I thought, oh, yeah. But I had to get it for myself. I had to know that I know that I know God loves me, 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 Jenny. Yeah, so I plastered it around the house until it sunk into me that he was a good God and he does love me. Because you could see his love you know, pouring on other people and you think, oh, yeah. But once I got it for myself, you can't pluck it out. Once you get the word in there, it becomes flesh on the inside and nobody can take it out of you. You know that you know that you know he loves you. And that, uh, that uh, steadfast love, God's love never changes. It's a true agape. It is that no matter what you've done, I'm going to love you. Even no matter what we do in the future, he's still going to love us. His goodness is so great, and we can depend on it. His generosity is part of his goodness. God is a generous God. And if we can learn by faith to tap the goodness, we'll see the generosity moving towards us, that he meets our every need. He heals our waned bodies. He takes care and goes before us and makes a way where there was no way. He takes care of every situation, small or large, as long as we put it to him by faith and trust him, like James was saying, it's a trust. We have to have trust in the Lord. In Psalms 145 verse 9, it says, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. We are his works. Amen? And so he's good to us. Point to yourself, God's good to me. Say, God's good to me. Yeah, he's good to me. And his tender mercies are over his works, which is us. His tender mercies are towards us all the time. And that's why I can be where I am, because his tender mercies are there. You know, it hasn't always been a bed of roses. It's been a bit rough at times, actually many times. Sometimes I've wanted to run away. Sometimes I want to pack my bag. But I do it all in the mind. I don't actually go and pack the cases. <laughs> so sometimes it's really rough. But anyway, I just keep going because his mercy endures. And when I wake up in the morning, there's more mercy, fresh mercy for me. Today may have worn me out, but by tomorrow I'll have fresh mercy. The goodness of God takes me into another, another day. So there has to be a response in faith to experience God's goodness. You can't just say he's good. In Romans 2.4 it says, The goodness of God leads us to repentance. 
There is no repentance without the goodness of God. God grants us the repentance. Even to get born again, God had to grant you that repentance. You didn't do it by yourself. You might have thought you did, but you didn't. God granted you the repentance to say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me. And so it is the same as you go on in your walk. <clears throat> you have to constantly remember that it is God's goodness that grants you repentance even to ask forgiveness and get to get it. It's his goodness and, his and the, the, him granting us repentance to receive that which we receive from him. You know, for me to come out of hospital and be as well as I am now, that was God's mercy. That was God uh, giving to me what I needed because I was in a repented place. Amen? So you just draw on that and, and remember that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The more God is good to us, the more you find you fall in love with him. Yeah. It doesn't change him. He was always good from the beginning. But you get a revelation. You begin to realize, surely he's so good. But don't, not just because he gave you that, but it helps you to realize, surely he is a good God. And he does love us so much. <clears throat> you have to understand, he loves each one of us individually. I like that. He just doesn't love the church. He loves individually. He is an individual lover. He's an individual God who never leave us, never forsake us. Always be there for us. And we only have to trust him, just to trust his goodness to bring us up into that place where we need to be. In Psalms 31, 19 to 20... <clears throat> that going up there Stephen how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee now there is a reverential fear that we're going to have to have we have to have a uh, um, a respect and an honour for God he's just not God he is the living God he is the creator of heaven and earth he's our heavenly father and <clears throat> How great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. God protects us. His goodness is he protects us. He makes sure that we are well covered. As we give him the honour and we give him the respect of who he is. He's not just somebody you pull on when you need something. He's somebody we worship because he is who he is. And he has done what he has done. And it is finished. When Jesus gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. He's not going to come back and do more. He's already done it. And when we understand that that's what has happened, then the goodness is easier to obtain. Because it's a finished work that has happened. So we only have to be hidden in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. And then we can just see what's happening down there amongst the people. We don't have to worry about what people have to say. He protects us from the strife of tongues. So people can talk about us, people can say also, but it doesn't matter because the goodness of God puts us through. You know, you won't please all the people all the time. It's hard to please some of the people some of the time. But... With God, he sees, he sees us as pleasing all the time because we love him, because we take time with him. We spend time in his presence. We worship him. Whether he does or he doesn't, we still worship him. Whether you think he's good or not, 
He's still good. He, yeah, worship him. It's not going to change any situation because he is who he is. But as we believe and trust, we will see the goodness of God open up one step at a time. Like I said, I started on a mattress and then I went to a bed. That was a good opening. I went from one bus to five buses. That's a good opening. I went from a bicycle to a fleet. That's a good opening of goodness. Yeah, that's how I started just spreading on the bicycle. <laughs> Going to preach the word, you know, my son peddling me around, you know. When I got too heavy, get off mother, you're too heavy. <laughs> <coughs> but now I don't have to use that bicycle. Thank God, thank God, his goodness. Yeah, wonderful, huh? So then you can get a vehicle and then another vehicle and then you've got a fleet. So you get fleet discount now when you want insurance. That's good. So, but it, it's one step at a time. I trust you, Lord, and you see goodness. I love you. I worship you, Lord. You see the goodness of God. And it, you can do that for your children. You can do it for your family. You can do it for marriage, your ministry. You can do it just seeing the goodness of God one step at a time, worshiping and thankful. You've got to have a grateful heart. We have to be grateful for what God has done whether you've got uh, something small on the table or something big on the table. Let's be grateful for what we do have. You know, I'm grateful for oxygen. I've never been so grateful in all my life. There was a time when I used to hear people trying to breathe. I think, what's your problem? But now, no. You see, when you judge, you'll be judged. So I realise, you know, the greatest thing to me now is to actually wake up. I open one eye and think, oh, I'm still alive. It's wonderful. Yeah, because when you face death, life is good. And I'm grateful because I had not finished my work. I still had something to do. The devil tried to wipe me out, but he failed. That's the goodness of God. <coughs> he's tried and tried over the years, but he's failed and failed because my job's not yet finished. When it's finished, I'm gone. I'll be gone to see the Lord. Okay, let's go to Psalms 84.11. It says, no good thing, well, let's read it. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. <coughs> no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. In our church, <coughs> I wish the goodness of God would just drop and it's like that and you could just go on. But it's not. You have to walk. Just leave that up for a minute, would you please? Uh, you have to walk in an upright manner. At the best of your ability, we have to be changing from faith to faith, glory to glory. You cannot stay the same, the same, the same, the same and expect to get better results. It's not going to work like that. So you have to keep moving on one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. As you walk on one step at a time, you begin to see that God withholds no good thing from them that walk uprightly. So as a church, we need to know we have to be changing and the only way to change is to stay in the presence of the Lord in the word of God every day. Even if it's only one or two passages that you read, at least you're taking in the food that helps you to change. It's only the word that has brought me to where I am today. The goodness of God is word. And so it's one step at a time and do what you can in that. Take another step and do what you can in that. Don't try and race to the end and be like somebody else. You're just perfect the way you are. God's made you to be who you are. And so your race with God is just one step at a time. The goodness of God. Now you see some things coming. Like when I got the first vehicle after the bicycle, 
I tell you, I polished that thing till the paint nearly came off. I was so grateful to have a vehicle after riding that bicycle. So many. And get off and preach and get back on the bicycle and off we go again to the next place. But you start with what you've got. Before the bicycle, I was walking, so I thought I was pretty good when I got a bicycle. You know, so it's one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time, little by little. You know, you sleep on the floor, you get a mattress, you get a bed, then you get a house. One step at a time. But that's how the goodness of God walks, works. As you walk uprightly with him, he pours out the goodness because in that walk of uprightly, you trust. God, I'm trusting you above every circumstance. I'm not moved by what I feel and see. And you know, in Africa, I've felt and seen a lot of things that if I was moved, I could have quit a long time ago. But as you keep moving, and about the time, you know, you think, I can't take this anymore. God shows his goodness. And it's an encouragement. You know, we had been hiring vans, hiring vans for these schools. We'd had, we had some buses, but we didn't have enough. And, you know, it was like, this was dead money. It's like rent. It just goes. It's dead money. You're not going to get anything back on it. And I just one day I thought, no, that's crazy. Let's just get another bus. So as you take a step of faith, knowing his goodness, because you've seen him perform before, then he brings you into a place where you're encouraged. The goodness of God encourages you to come up higher into another place. And as you step up, what happens is you bring the other people with you. They step up also, you see. Yeah. You don't go up by yourself and leave everybody else behind. No, you're bringing them with you. They, they see you going up, they also come up. Amen? And that's how God is building ministries. That's how he builds things, because we come up together. When I was first saved, I had a few problems, and I said, Lord, you know I'll go anywhere and do anything for you, but I don't want to work with people. <laughs> and you know I was, I was very serious. I was as serious as I stand here. And you know what the Lord said? People are the ministry. That was a revelation to me. I thought, how crazy is that? People are the ministry. Then I realized I have to get on with people. And so that took a lot of faith. <laughs> That's the one way he got me to use faith, was to get on with people. But without people, there'd be no ministry. Without you, there'd be no church here today. Amen? So praise the Lord. So God, even if we can walk uprightly then God keeps us in a place where his goodness is always abounding towards us. He never withdraws. It's just that we're not in a place for it to flow because the work has already finished. The goodness of God has already been poured out upon the body. So all we have to do is to be in a place where it can flow upon us. And that takes a little bit of walking uprightly with God. So if there are things in your life that you know that you know, and you know better than anybody else, that should go. Then you need to deal with it. You need to say, no, I'm not going to watch those things anymore. I'm not going to get involved in that situation anymore. I'm going to step aside from those people now. But you have to make the decision because he does not violate your free will. He keeps you uh, to make the will for yourself. Because he's given us that free will. You make the decision. If you want to stay in that, stay there. But you miss the goodness of God. And there's so much more that we can have that we don't have. It's just waiting to fall on us. But you know, if we're not walking uprightly and it fell on us and we had all this good, what would we do? We'd ruin ourselves. We wouldn't know how to work at 
we wouldn't know how to look after it, we wouldn't know how to use it properly. So God is good enough to only give us what he knows we can handle. And I keep telling him, just bring millions and millions, I can handle it. But, you know, sometimes it's just not right. It doesn't come like that. I wish it did. It just doesn't. But thank God for his goodness. His goodness to bring me to this place is amazing. But it was just, just a, a normal, everyday person who said, here I am, Lord, send me. And I went with my two kids, $200, into that country. But I knew, like Pastor Jane said, he would take care of me. Yeah, he said, I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. So I knew if people opened the door for me, they would be blessed. And I knew no matter what happened, he would take care of us. I've faced death a few times over there through different things, but every time he has delivered me out of the hand of the enemy. And for the children also, it was like that. And of course, now I have children and grandchildren. And I've just come from um, um, Minnesota. I was spending time with my two children and their children for the first time ever in my life. All the biologicals were together. We've never done that ever before. It was a lovely time to be together. So, you know, God, that's the goodness of God to be able to bring me here and allow me to be with my family and then to bring me to the church, which I love very much. You know, I'm so grateful for your support uh, in the mission and for the, uh, the orphans that Pastor and uh, Jeff support and also for the prisons. You know, without people giving in, that's the goodness of God, giving in to a work that God wants those prisoners to, to know the Lord. He wants to give them an opportunity. And without the goodness of God bringing finances, there would be no opportunity for them. And so that's what's happening amongst you is the goodness of God is causing people to know the gospel and to know God is good. Amen. So I'm very, very um, happy about that. I'm very pleased that you've continued to support the church and I'll take good care of your pastors when they come and make sure that they are worked up to the day I put them on the plane. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to ruin my reputation. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, church, that's about all I have to share with you, but um, that's where I'm at. Just going on with God, trusting him one step at a time, and uh, believing that greater things are at store for us because of people like you that give in to the ministry and help us to get ahead and help others. Amen. Bless you.